Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus Broncos country. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. Touchdown Denver. All right, everybody. Welcome into another episode of Touchdown Denver, hosted by myself, George Stoya, the Denver Gazette, and my good friend, Nick Ferguson. Nick, what's going on, man? How are you? I am doing uh, fantastic. Uh, the weather has changed, and you know, when the weather changes as frequently as it does here in Denver, something else changes too, and that is uh, the health of uh, a lot of players, and the Broncos seem to still be working through some kind of uh, sickness internally. Uh, obviously, last week, someone put out information that it was COVID outbreak, but uh, that was quickly dis- uh, dismissed. But uh, how are you doing, buddy? Well, I am uh, <clears throat> might be one of those people a little bit. I'm I'm a little bit under the weather today, Nick. I think that uh, I think I think it's a combination of the weather. As I look outside right now, it's snowing, uh, and it looks like we're going to get quite a bit of snow today. Uh, on top of you know traveling, you know going to, all the way to London. Uh, you know we went to LA about a month ago. Uh, you know I went home for a bit. Uh, Nashville this last week. Uh, I think it's that combination, and then I, and then like you said, the players in the locker room—they've uh, had a handful of guys that we're not exactly sure what they were sick with, uh, but you know, it's something's been going around, and I, I've also heard it's just been going around, um, you know, a lot of places in Denver. So I, I think I caught something, but hopefully it's just a, you know, a one day or two day little bug, uh, and I'll be better. But uh, definitely, definitely, this is my this is my Jordan flu game, Nick. So uh, this is this is about to be the best podcast we ever record. 
Well, you know, thinking back to that that Jordan uh, flu game, even though he was kind of uh, moseying around the court, I mean, he did his uh, thing. So I guess if you're going to be uh, Jordan in this scenario, I guess I'm going to be your Scottie Pippen holding you up. So let's get it, buddy. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, exactly. It. Well, Nick, I know you weren't able to make it out to practice uh, yesterday. Some interesting comments uh, from Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson, Justin Simmons all spoke yesterday at Broncos practice, but – um, I wanted to ask you, because this was kind of floated around even at practice, is, you know, when you lose uh, all these close games, and I believe this was a question that was asked uh, to Justin, um, you know, all these one-score games, and I think it's five of their six losses now are one-score games. What kind of impact can that have on the morale of a team? Because it's not like this team's getting blown out, right? Uh, this team has been in, in, in every single game, even the Raiders game, the other loss that they had that wasn't a one score game. They're in that game, right? Like they have a chance to win that game in the fourth quarter. Uh, they're not able to, I, I was wondering from your perspective as a former player, what can that many one score games, does that, I mean, cause I think it's also one of those things, right? Nick, where it's like, it could be bad for morale, but it could also be like, Hey, we're this close. We're a couple plays away from being, having a totally different record. Yeah. There's a good and bad of, of that Georgia. And you alluded to the first part is that, hey, man, we're so close, uh, we're, we're, we're right there. And we hear Nathaniel Hackett, I mean, he said that an entire season, how close the team is. And you, you have that optimism in, in a lot of the fans too as well. But as players, you, you look at it, and yeah, you, you're fired up because how close you are, but here's the bad side of it. And after you get over, I guess, that uh, a joyful, gleeful moment of thinking, okay, well, we're right there because the games have been so close, Reality actually sets in. We're so close, but yet so far away because we have yet to win any of those uh, close games. And it becomes um, mentally demoralizing for team, for defense, knowing as though you're you're right there knocking on the door, George, and it's not happening for you. And you get so frustrated, so frustrated because you're like, at what point are we going to actually break through what do we have to do to break through and that's the level of frustration that the broncos have now but i'll tell you this this team is not reacting as though the raiders are reacting another team in a similar situation because you got players throwing helmets you know guys having uh, conversations with one another on the sideline or not having conversations at all you go back to the colts game when the raiders were struggling in that first half no one was speaking to anyone the fans were booing and then the crowd, you know, they were just kind of there. I mean, does that sound vaguely familiar to what's happening here in Broncos country? So, yes, it is demoralizing. And you're wondering when you're going to break through. And it's one thing to be blown out by a team, right? You already know what was in the cards. You don't even stand a chance. But to constantly lose close games, man, it starts to break you down both physically and mentally. And we heard last week after the Broncos lost to the Titans, just listening to those guys in the locker room, you're seeing it starting to wane on them. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's one of those situations where, look, I think you can look at it a couple ways. Like I said, you know, Hey, we're close. Uh, but also are we really that close? Because you look around the NFL, Nick, I think the Broncos have played the most one score games this season. Uh, and they're three and five in those games, but, Everybody plays close games, right? I mean, it's the NFL. Uh, everybody's, you know, relatively good. Uh, and every week is going to be a tough game. So I, I don't know if it's something you can necessarily hang your hat on 
and say, oh, well, we're, we're super close. And it's like, well, are you really? Because, uh, yeah. again, you've yet to win some of those really close games. I think the Raiders, Nick, this year have played in six one-score games and are 0-6 in those one-score games. So you're talking about two teams that really don't know how to win these close games. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that works. Nick, let me ask you this. If you're the Broncos, how do you start winning those one-score games? I, I know it's easy to say, well, they got to score more points. And Russell Wilson said yesterday, he's like, well, if we just score two more touchdowns, then we're winning more games. And it's like, that's great that, you, that like, yeah, of course, of course you win more games if you score two more touchdowns. But how are you going to score those two more touchdowns? So if you're the Broncos, how are you looking at this and saying, okay, we've been in all these one-score games. How are we going to now start winning those one-score games? Well, as ridiculous as it sounds to most when you hear Russell Wilson say, you know, all we have to do is uh, score more touchdowns. He's even said, like, if I make a throw here and I make a play here, then that's going to change the outcome of the particular game. And he's absolutely right. But the way that you actually get it done is staying ahead of the chains, you know, on, on first and second down. Because the biggest question is, when we look at the Broncos, why they're struggling, right? It's a third down efficiency. They're constantly in third and long situation. So the way you handle that is being better on first and second down. And where you handle that from a coaching standpoint is putting your guys in great situations and how you handle it from a player standpoint, it is execution. Sometimes we'll have, you know, maybe good play calling, bad execution, or, you know, for the most part uh, the Broncos have been consistent at poor execution, poor play design. That's the thing that's killing this team right now. So they need to get on the same page. And getting on that same page is making sure, listen, if you're an offensive lineman, we can't have two guys having penalties. Like one guy has a penalty, another has a breakdown in protection. That is a disaster. 18 times Russell was hit last week against the Titans. And I know, I mean, I was somewhere watching the game and I heard fans like, throw the ball, throw the ball. And I had to actually take a screenshot of the game and show them exactly where you're throwing the ball, right? Receivers are so deep down the field. Protection is breaking down. You show me where you're throwing the ball. I know you can say, hey, listen, get the remote, pause it, and then look to the left or right and say, but this guy was open. But guess what? There's a hand in his fake, his freaking face. So how are you supposed to get the ball out of his hands? These are the problems that the Broncos have. And, yes, in order to get those two touchdowns, you need all 11 guys on that particular drive, thinking as one and saying, I'm not going to be the guy that cost the team on this particular possession because that's the one thing that has killed them thus far. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Yeah, and we're going to dive more into the, to the O-line a little bit later, Nick, but I do think that that's you know, in my opinion, the number one issue with this team, right? I mean, the offensive line, they're unable to run the ball. They can't protect Russell Wilson. And when you have those two things, it's like, well, how are you going to move the football when you need to? So they've got to fix that, uh, which is going to be tough considering how many guys they have out there. But I think it's also just a matter of, of guys needing to go make some plays at the end of the game. You know, I, I think that we've yet to see that. And again, that's tough because you've got some of your top receivers, your top playmakers, out so it's going to be really tough to make those plays i i don't know nick i I feel like we we continue to sit here and try to come up with solutions for this team and we just continue not to find any and i feel like it's the same 
for when we hammer these guys with questions every single week and we're asking them the same thing and they still have no answers, right? Like, I mean, Nathaniel Hackett gets up there and says the same stuff every week. <clears throat> and I don't really blame him because it's like, you know, what what new what what is he gonna do? Like I, I feel like he's running out of answers. I don't know if you get that sense from him too, but it just feels like this team, especially the offense, obviously, just doesn't have a ton of answers right now. Well, George, how can you run out of answers when you are saying the same thing over and over, right? I mean, that, there's only one answer that you have is, uh, I don't know. I mean, even going back to Britt Ripon, when he was in for, you know, for Russell Wilson, he didn't even know. And if he said that if he had the answers, guess what? The outcome of the offensive execution would be so much better. And I think for me, that's part of the problem, not identifying or looking directly in the mirror as to what are the issues with the team. It's okay to admit that, hey, you know, hey, I'm a little off today, so let me figure out why I'm off and then come up with answers to that question. But to constantly kind of look at yourself, self-evaluation after two weeks uh, on a bye, and you still have no answers why, as to why things are happening. Yes, we all know not scoring inside the red zone, killing yourself with penalties, right? Not running the ball as much as you need to to establish play action, also coming up with some other creative ways to get your guys involved. And also you got guys on your team that you can get involved, that they are capable. I know once before we were talking about, oh, the Broncos don't have all the personnel. They don't. And that's true. But you still have some guys on the roster that can execute certain schemes and play calls and run certain routes. It's just a, it's a matter of just kind of getting them involved and putting them in that particular position, Joy. So, yeah, there's only one simple, you know, re response to this. And it's, you know, I don't know, because that's the only thing that they have in their back pocket is I don't know. But you do know. I mean, if you can mess up something, you can resolve it. But you first have to admit that there's a problem. Do you think they can fix it, Nick? There's only eight games left. Do you think they can fix it in these last eight games? Absolutely, man. I, I know it looks really bleak. Uh looking at the situation right now, looking at the struggles, but think about what we're constantly talking about, how well the defense is playing, right? Only if the, if the Broncos were able to score 20 points a game, 18 points a game, now they win six games. So yes, this thing can be turned around, but the only part about it, I can't do it. You can't do it. We can want it to happen, but the only people who can do it are the individuals inside that building. But I'll tell you this, those guys in the building, they want that. And when you constantly ask, hey, what's going on? You know, what, what seemed to be happening? And you get that, you know, man, I know what that means. I know what that means. That means that, hey, as a player, you might want to do something or you hope that the coaches do a certain thing with you as a player or the scheme, but it's just not happening. So being, being as though I was a player in that, in, in, in that particular locker room, and also in, in some other locker rooms, that, that natural reaction when you ask a player, hey, man, what's going on? And no one's looking in, in you, looking you in your eyes, and you're not really getting a straight answer, then you already know what the issue is. And it's something that Broncos country have uh, seen themselves, and they're hoping that there is a significant change at the coaching position. But like I told you last podcast, don't bet on it, brother. Yeah, it's, I mean – it's going to be interesting, man. Uh, I thought it was interesting the report that came out about the Raiders yesterday. I don't so I don't know if you saw this, Nick, but uh, there's a report out there about the reason they're not firing Josh McDaniels is because uh, they don't have the money. 
uh, to fire him and then hire a new head coach, uh, which is really interesting. And that's not the problem for the Broncos, right? Uh, the Walton Pinner family are the richest owners in the league. So if they really want to get rid of Nathaniel Hackett, they can. But at the same time, I can see both sides, right? Like if on one side, you're like, hey, man, he's had the worst offense in like 60 years in franchise history, right? Uh, like you can't keep that guy. On the other hand, I mean, he was dealt a really tough hand, in my opinion. Uh, and, and I'm not saying they should keep him or not keep him. I, I Either way, I, I will understand the move. But like Russell Wilson's not playing well. The personnel, we, you and I talked about that last podcast, is just not there right now. The amount of injuries they've had. I mean, I believe they lead the, they lead the league uh, in guys on the IR right now. Uh, and they definitely have the highest amount of money, you know, per per person on there right now. Uh, so you're talking about not just having guys on the IR; it's important players on the IR. So I I, I think it's it's all those things combined. I I just don't know, you know, what they're going to do. I don't think it'll happen. Like there's some people that are like, oh, well, if they lose up to the Raiders on Sunday, he's going to be fired by Monday. I don't buy that. Like I don't think firing a head coach in the middle of the season is, you know, very beneficial to anybody. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. Uh, I also saw, you know, Ajero Evero uh, was on uh, a list today of uh, top up-and-coming coaches. I wonder if he would be a candidate anywhere uh, to be a head coach this offseason, which he's done a phenomenal job in his first year. So, Nick, we got to take a quick break, uh, but there's a lot more I want to dive into, including breaking down some of this Raiders game. Um, you know, again, you have to be a crazy person probably to watch this game unless you're a Broncos or Raiders fan. But uh, there's a lot of interesting matchups, right, Nick? Uh, and I also want to dive into a very interesting quote that we got yesterday from Nathaniel Hackett that kind of blew up on my Twitter when I tweeted it out. Uh, but we'll take a quick break and then we'll dive into that, Nick. 